there is a theory in which um, I am who I think you think I am. Let me say that again. There's a theory, uh, relates mostly to self-esteem, in which I am who I think you think I am. That is to say that my self-perception is shaped by my perception of your perception. Uh, now, I, I think there's some truth in all this. I think my sense of your sense of me does shape me. Um, that line of thinking, that, that discussion uh, is common in discussions about self-esteem. Today, we're going to, to move in a slightly different direction. We're not gonna be thinking about self-esteem. We're gonna be thinking about self-identity. Not how I feel about myself, but how I understand myself. And I'm going to argue on the basis of uh, Jonah chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, that it is critical that I learn to see myself as God sees me. Uh, That is a different thing. I need to learn, you need to learn to adjust our thinking, our awareness, our self-perception our self-identity to line up with the things that God has said about us that should be defining. Well, um, we took a one-week break from our series in Jonah, Beneath the Surface, and we're back. I want to be sure you are back up to speed. So let me just remind you, Jonah is a prophet, which means he was called by God to speak to people. Um, Priests are those who stand between God and people and represent the people to God. So you could think about a priest in this sense as being a little bit like a defense attorney. Prophets are those who stand between God and people and who speak uh, for God to the people. Now sometimes what they say are, are good things, nice things, encouraging things. Not often, most of the time, prophets are more like prosecuting attorneys, only instead of directing charges against one person, they they tend to be charges directed against a whole group of people, a whole nation. So Jonah, who is living in Israel, is the first prophet who has been called by God to go outside the walls, so to speak, and to prophesy to another nation. He is sent to to Nineveh, and he is supposed to prophesy Uh, against the Assyrians. He is expected to tell them, the Assyrians are Israel's enemy, and he is expected to tell them that their time is up, that their lifestyle, their their culture, their warring habits, their rampaging, their looting, their pillaging, all of this stuff must stop. Enough is enough. God is about to judge them. Uh, This will be their end. Jonah does not want to do this because Jonah... As a, as a good, strong, loyal uh, Jew uh, does not want to see the Jewish enemies uh, be spared. He wants to see them wiped out. So when God tells Jonah that he's supposed to go uh, north and east, Jonah goes south and west. 
he flees. He makes a mad dash. God sends a storm. Jonah is trying to flee by water. He's on a boat with a bunch of uh, others. He's sort of, uh, he's, he's just on passage on this ship and God sends a storm and it gets everybody's attention. It's bad. The storm is horrible. Everybody thinks that they're going to die uh, and that this storm is supernaturally bad. So they're trying to figure out uh, who caused it. And they decide that it is Jonah. So in previous messages already, um, I have noted that the book is dripping with irony because uh, Jonah, the prophet of God, is the one who seems to have the most problems with God. Jonah is the one who is the least thoughtful about the needs of others. Jonah is the one um, who's not very spiritually attuned. I've also talked about the fact that uh, the book is an amazing work of literature. Uh, it, it, it is layered and, and mirrored in all kinds of things that are quite remarkable. So, we now come to the sailor's interrogation of Jonah, uh, which frames a very important question. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Who are you? We are, in, we are, we are about to die here because of you. What have you done? Who are you? What's going on? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Uh, this terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. So um, in short, they ask, who are you? And this is, um, this is one of the big questions. Uh, I have noted before that we all have a worldview. We all have a, a set of uh, sort of pre-reflective commitments that we make. We all have a set of glasses that we see the world through that sort of bend uh, the light and, and uh, help us understand things through a certain particular grid. These, these are, um, so, so we have this set of assumptions, everybody does. And they answer a handful of questions around um, the ultimate issues. Now, different philosophers frame these questions slightly differently. Some have more questions than others. Um, I have sort of uh, argued that there are five big questions. And so I've written about this, argued about this over in the past. Um, basically, the first question is, who is God or what, what is God or what is the most important thing? What is the ultimate? What, what matters more than anything else? Um, the second question is, who am I? What am I? Uh, am I a divine being? Am I, am I the temporary pinnacle of the evolutionary process? Am I, a, am I an eternal being with a soul? Am I a hairless ape? Right? Am I, how do I understand myself? Question number three, where did I come from? And while, while I'm asking that, where am I going? What happens to me when I die? Is what we see all we get? Uh, or is there more? Uh, and by the way, um, next question, especially if there's more, what is expected of me? 
Like, what does the good life look like? What kind of uh, responsibilities that I, do I have? If I'm going to be judged, what am I going to be judged on? What matters? And then um, finally, the last question is, <laughs> where do I go to get answers to these questions? How do I know what I know? Um, so, these are the big questions, and just to note, um, the question that Jonah gets asked is one of the questions. Who am I? Who are you, Jonah? That's what they're asking. Who are you? What do you believe? Where are you from? Uh, what, what, what is going on with you? Now, you have answers to these questions, uh, they may, every, everybody does, they, they may not be good answers. Uh, they may not be answers that you've given much time or attention to. But everybody has answers to these questions. We may not live lives that are consistent with our answers. As Christians, well, let's just uh, call it, uh, as Christians, we, in one sense, we do not live lives that are consistent with the way we answer these questions. We, Christians often get accused of being hypocrites, um, and there's a sense in which that may be true because we, we declare an ideal. We declare a path that we ought to be on. We celebrate holiness and all these things, but we, we do not live up to what we are celebrating. Now, there's another sense in which uh, if we are stating this correctly, we're not hypocrites because we are saying... I uh, was created by a God and, and I have great value uh, and I am, I have, I'm highly valued, I'm greatly loved, but I'm also deeply broken and fallen. And I am unable, as, as everyone else, I am unable to live up to these standards. So we, we have answers. We may or may not have, they may not be good answers. Uh, we may not be living lives that seem to reflect those answers all the time, but Everyone is a philosopher. Everyone is a theologian. Everyone has answers to these questions. The answers may be internally inconsistent. The answers may be, may be very, very poor. But we all have answers to these questions. Um, so everything I've said so far, I have said before in numerous sermons. Uh, the new point for today is to note that we are living during a moment of profound change and confusion as it relates to the answer to the question, who am I? And so it's important that we give some careful thought and attention to how we are understanding who we are, how we understand our identity. So back to the text. The sailors ask a handful of questions. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? From what, what people are you? Um, the fact that they ask a number of different questions speaks a little bit to, to the fact that the answer to my identity is complicated and it is layered. Um, if you ask me who I am, the, the answer I'm going to give <laughs> is... Uh, is going to depend upon who you are and what, what the context is. I mean, there's lots of right answers to that question. If I'm standing in the line at the, 
at the pharmacy, then I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm, I'm Mike Woodruff and I was born on November 6th, 1960, right? Or maybe I'll say, uh, I'm Mike Woodruff, I'm Sherry's husband, I'm here to pick up a prescription for her. If I'm meeting uh, new neighbors, I might say, uh, hi, I'm Mike, I, I'm the one who lives in the yellow house uh, on the other side of the street. Uh, you know, our kids are grown, but there were times when clearly my identity was as somebody's dad. Parent-teacher conferences, I'm here because I'm, you know, we're Austin's parents. Um, so at any given moment, how we identify ourselves, how we describe ourselves, how we think about ourselves uh, might be different. So the sailors start by asking uh, a question about his occupation. Uh, what he does. The second question they ask is, where is he from? Sort of digging to, you know, his, his, uh, uh, his place of belonging. Where, where did he grow up? How maybe has that shaped him? Uh, where is he most at home? Uh, there's a question asking him to identify his people. So this is, what, what group are you from? So uh, is this a question about ethnicity? Is this a question about family? Is this a question about political party? What, what groups do you belong to? Uh, other questions can be asked. Again, the answers are layered. Um, all of which raises a very important question. Which answer is the most important one? Like what aspect of our identity matters most? To frame this uh, in a slightly different direction, perhaps the question we ought to be asking is not who am I, but whose am I? And the identity and our identity is massively important for how we live. Now, again, Back to the text. Please notice what is going on. When, when you read all of this in context, uh, the, the sailors sort of cross-examining Jonah and asking these questions, it's clear they're not making small talk. This is not casual conversation. Uh, this is, there's an urgency about this. And what they are trying to do, what they are trying to establish is um, who is Jonah who does he worship? Because that's going to tell us who he offended. And that is further going to tell us perhaps what the way out of the predicament that we're in might be. So uh, this, is, this is a question. I mean, so this happens four, 500 years before Christ. So 2,500 years ago. Their understanding of the world um, in that setting is obviously very different than our understanding in the 21st century. We don't believe in all the, the pantheon of gods that, um, that so many people in the Roman Empire did. Mercury, the god of commerce, and Venus, the god of, of beauty, and Mars, the god of uh, war, and all these things. We don't, we don't believe in all those gods. But, but please, uh, don't feel uh, superior at this moment because the question is still the question. They are trying to figure out who he is and they believe that who he is speaks to who he worships. And there is a sense in their world where they understood that, that our identity and who or what we worship are just two sides 
to the same coin. And, um, and I believe that that is still the case today. Okay. I've, I've made this point over and over, but um, I think it's incumbent upon me to make it again. Uh, you worship something. I worship something. The Bible never tells us to worship. We don't have to be told to worship. We worship. Uh, humans seek meaning. Humans reflect awe. We get worked up over things. We care about things. We celebrate good things. Uh, the Bible never instructs us to worship. The Bible instructs us to worship God. The Bible, furthermore, the Bible never tells us to love. The Bible tells us what to love or who to love. So the sailors were not wrong in their assessment. We all get an identity from, from something, and this something is often what we are worshiping or organi organizing our life around. So the big question of the day, what defines you? Who are you? What or who do you worship? What gives you value? From what do you gain your identity and your worth? There is a sense in which we are asking, how do you understand who you are? How do you understand whose you are? We need to be asking who or what is controlling me, motivating me, shaping me, giving me my sense of identity. So, Jonah's answer to this question tells us a few things about Jonah that explain a lot about what is going on. Now, you already know that uh, the book is remarkably short, and you know I've argued that the book is this profound work of literature, that it's got this mirror images, chapters one and two, verses three and four, and that it's working at all kinds of different levels. So I, I want to I leverage that to say that uh, there's, there is uh, a lot of thought has been given to the way this story is told. And so it is significant to notice the way Jonah answers this question. So we go back and he says, uh, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. What is significant about this is the way he answers first by saying, I'm a Hebrew. The order matters and Jonah gets the order wrong. Now, it's worth noting, uh, we have this very interesting situation here in which... <laughs> And it feels a little bit like a gift, honestly. That, that in declaring that Jonah is a Hebrew, uh, it's unclear whether or not he is identifying himself ethnically or nationally. Because uh, to be a Hebrew uh, was to be uh, part of the people of God, to be part of the nation of Israel. Today, there are uh, Jews who are not, uh, obviously, uh, citizens of Israel. And there are citizens of Israel who are not Jews. 
Uh, so it's, it, it's, it, we're on the other side of uh, the whole nation state development that comes uh, in Europe in the you know, 15th and 16th century. So we're in a very different place. Back then, it's not clear. And I say that this is a little bit of a gift because uh, there's two ways that this statement, I'm a Hebrew, could be understood. And uh, they go in two very different directions, which are two very timely, <laughs> very sensitive uh, political directions. On the one hand, he could be identifying himself by his ethnicity. And uh, uh, I have been thinking, the whole nation has been thinking more about ethnicity and issues along that since George Floyd, the other uh, situations this summer. And uh, so I've been, in, I've been reading, I've been in, in reading groups, I've been in discussion groups, and I have learned uh, a number of things, um, grown in my understanding of some of the, some of the currents and cross-currents that are going on. Uh, and I've, one of the things that I have come to understand is that as a member of the majority culture, as a member of, uh, of the majority ethnic group in this culture, I don't think about my ethnicity in the same way that, uh, that, a, that a black person or uh, a, a Latino or someone else might think of their person, might think of their ethnicity, because ethnicity is a little bit invisible to me. So, um, so I, I understand that uh, talking about somebody identifying by their ethnicity uh, is is a casual comment to some, and it, they're, they're fighting words to others, if I'm suggesting there's something wrong with that. At the same time, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of discussion recently. An election and a riot uh, that, that happened all around questions of, of, if we put the softest term on it, it's patriotism. That's not really the word that's being used. It's much more nationalism and all kinds of, of permutations about what's going on there. So uh, critiques of nationalism are, are also, um, people are very threatened by all of this conversation. So um, when, I, when I saw he, when I was reading this uh, a while ago and I thought, so how is the term being used? I thought, oh, oh my goodness, what a gift. It's unclear at this moment how it's being used. I later thought, no, I'm not sure it's a gift. Now I'm just going to make absolutely everybody mad. But, but I do think the point fundamentally needs to be made. It is the point coming out of the book of, of Jonah. That uh, Jonah understands himself incorrectly. And it's unclear whether he is understanding himself first ethnically or nationally. It honestly doesn't matter. Uh, he gets this wrong. He needs to be defined by his relationship with God. He needs to have been somebody who said, uh, I am the one who worships the Lord. I am being defined by the Lord. That's who I am. He is defining me. His view of me is defining me. Not first, I am um, a citizen of this nation or I am a person with this ethnicity. So, look, Jonah gets it wrong. Lots of us get it wrong. I would suggest it's very challenging to get it right. Um, a lot of people sort of make this national ethnic uh, worship 
peace today, they'll say, well, of course, I'm, of course, I remember meeting a, a fraternity brother in college and, and, and uh, somehow we're talking about issues of faith and he goes, I'm Catholic, of course I'm Catholic, I'm Irish, what do you think? And I've heard people say, well, I'm Norwegian, so I'm Lutheran, right? And then there's, this, this, there's an equation there that, that they see. Um, other people, let's, let's move on. Other people, their identity is pretty fundamentally tied up with their sports team, or it's tied up with their job, or it's tied up with their car, <laughs> or it's tied up with their net worth, or it's tied up with any one of a number of things that it should, should not be defining us. Now again, our identity is layered. And there's a sense in which our identity based on our ethnicity or based on where we grew up or based on what we do or based on relationships with other people, all that can be good. It just cannot be the fundamental defining aspect of who we are. Our love of God, our relationship with God has got to go so deep that it is the primary driver of our identity. When that doesn't happen, it is possible for Christians to be racists or for Christians to be greedy materialists or for Christians to be people who are addicted to other people's approval. All of these things are wrong. So let me ask, who are you? Like what, what defines you? Who defines you? If the sailors on the ship headed to Tarshish were asking you this question, who are you? Where are you from? Like, wait, tell us about yourself. We got to understand who you are and what drives you. What would you have said? Now, as you can imagine, uh, I have not even really begun to unpack this topic. Um, if, you, if you have a, a few extra years that you're looking to, uh, uh, to, to allocate towards something, you could allocate them towards reading about identity right now because it is just, I mean, there's, there, there's all kinds of things being written about identity, whether it's identity politics, whether it's, it's philosophy, whether it's sociology, whether it's theology, whether it's, I mean, there's all kinds of people and all kinds of vantage points writing about this. Um, I think Tim Keller, in his treatment of this uh, particular passage, does something that, that is quite, um, quite interesting and quite helpful. He says um, that, that, you know, we're looking at Jonah and we're seeing how Jonah gets this wrong. And we're going to see, by the way, as, as the rest of the book plays out, um, and, and we'll be picking up the pace uh, of Jonah. Um, I, I was... Uh, maligned a little bit this week by suggesting that I've, I'm obviously trying to make sure that we don't get through Jonah until the pandemic is over. No, no, no. We'll, the pace will pick up on Jonah. Uh, but, but when we get to chapters three and four, it's going to become increasingly obvious that Jonah is malformed. Jonah's understanding of who he should be is wrong. And Keller talks about this, and then he says, Jonah... Uh, is, is this bigoted, self-absorbed fool. Jonah, the prophet of God, is the one who seems the least spiritually attuned, but he also seems not very self-aware. 
And then Keller jumps over and he says, he's a lot like <laughs> Peter, uh, who is also early on the Gospels Peter, not the Epistles Peter. The Epistles Peter is very wise, uh, thoughtful. He's grown. But the Gospel Peter uh, is, is a guy who's, uh, who's much younger and he seems to always be getting it wrong. He has a very high view of himself and there's a point in which Jesus says to all his disciples, persecution is coming, you're, you're gonna flee. And they say, Peter says, you know what, uh, Lord, even if everybody else runs, I won't. Like, I will stay with you, you know. And, and he sort of brags about his courage and all these things. And Jesus says, actually, Peter, uh, in the next 12 hours, <laughs> you're going to deny me three times. Uh, Peter does not really understand who he is. And, and Keller then goes and, and says one of the things that I uh, appreciate so much about, about his writing and his, and his preaching. He says, Peter's problem was that he was defining himself. His identity was as a disciple of Jesus who, who was committed to Jesus as opposed to Peter's identity being as, as a Christ follower to whom Jesus was committed, right? I mean, it's, again, it's, it's, it's shifting this. Who's the hero? Who's doing the work, right? And it just shifts this around. Uh, and this, I will, I, 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 for, for two years, my morning devotions, I mean, I've had almost a stated objective for time of prayer and Bible reading and journaling and, and silence and all the, the things that I do, that the big takeaway that I'm after, the big sort of mountain I got to climb back up on top of that I've got to get to is to remind myself, right, that this is not about me. <laughs> this is not about me holding on to God. I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't impress him. I don't have to. This is about who God is and I can rest and relax in him and then consequently be freed from that platform, not of being anxious, not of being nervous, not of being wondering if I'm gonna be able to have enough energy to sort of fight on, but, but to rest in him, then to have the platform to be able to share that hope and encouragement and love uh, to other people. So, uh, look, big question, who are you? Who are you? What is the most important shaping and defining thing about you? Is it the Lord? Is it the unmerited, gracious love of God for you? Or is it something else? Are you seeing yourself as God does? Or are you seeing anything else as being the most important thing about you? As I said, we've not begun to touch on this topic. Um, in, in the last 30 years, so much has been written about uh, the American identity, the American self-esteem, the American rugged individualism and how that shapes us. In the last in the last two to three years, so much has been written about um, identity politics and, and the like. Let's not overthink this. Let's not overthink this. The book of Jonah is making it clear that Jonah, a prophet of God, <laughs> was profoundly messed up. As this book unfolds, we are going to see more and more 
how broken Jonah was and how much Jonah needs the mercy of God that he is denying to other people. Please make sure your identity is grounded in God's love for you and that your whatever it is, your understanding of yourself based on your social status, your ethnicity, your occupation, your golf handicap, I don't care what it is. If that is shaping you in a way that causes you to limit your love for other people, you are doing just what Jonah did, and it's wrong. So, may the Lord God Almighty shape us in ways uh, that, that reflect his love for us and not something else. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for um, your word, which uh, is, is profound and layered and, uh, and catches us coming and going. And we confess that we think of ourselves in so many different ways, perhaps first than we should by you and your love. Help us to be shaped by you and your love. Help, help our identity increasingly to be uh, aligned in ways that bring you joy. Uh, help us not by, on the basis of anything that, any good thing that defines us to limit our love for others. Guide and direct us, we pray in Christ's name, amen.